So how do you stay positive in a negative sales world? Hey, let's get into that on today's episode of The Buyer's Mind. Welcome to The Buyer's Mind, where we take a closer look deep inside your customer's decision-making mechanism to reverse engineer the perfect sales presentation. Now, please welcome your host, Jeff Shore. Well, welcome everyone once again to The Buyer's Mind. I am your host, Jeff Shore, where we love to get inside the head of our customers, trying to figure out how they think. You know, as sales professionals, if we understand the way that our buyers buy, we can change our tactics and our style and our approach to make it easy for them to do that. And one of the things that I have grown to understand about sales over many, many years in this business is that we all, all love those positive people in a positive environment, having positive conversations. And yet we recognize the reality that that is often not the case, that customers will bring to us negative energy, negative emotion. And what does that do to us? Joined as always by our show producer, Paul Murphy. Hey Murph, uh, how just, it's sort of in life in general, how do you respond when people are negative, angry, bitter around you? Look, if you're gonna come to me with that kind of attitude, Jeff, I'm gonna come back at you with a serious attitude myself. <laughs> so we'll just match, we'll go toe to toe, right? Negative for negative? It, I think it can get that way, yeah. I do too. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we all, and it's funny, Murph, because we all like to think that we're better people than that, right? Like, no, 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 I'm going to control my own attitude. But yet we meet negative people and what happens? It just triggers us. At least it triggers me. Does it trigger you? Yeah. You know, there's something when somebody comes uh, with a, a down attitude, it, it flips a little switch inside your head and just makes you yeah. either want to retaliate back or uh, withdraw. I, I guess it's that fight or flight response. Right. Yeah. You know, I was on the road this weekend. Uh, I was uh, sat down for dinner at uh, a restaurant in Colorado and uh I sat and I sat and nobody acknowledged me. No, it, it had been 10 or 15 minutes. And this same food server, she walked by four times going to other tables, but she never would even look at me. It was not a, hey, I'm busy. I know you're there. It was nothing. So finally, she's walking by and I, I said, excuse me. And I don't think I was mean about it, but I said, excuse me. And she looks at me and she goes, yeah, I'll be there. And then she keeps walking. And I was, I have to tell you, I, I was surprised afterwards, Murph, with just how ticked off I was. And I got up and I grabbed my stuff and I walked out and I talked to the manager on the way out. But I, I was like fuming. And on the one hand, I could look at it and say, this is a story about bad service because all she had to do was to say, I acknowledge her that you're there. I'm running a little behind. I'll be with you shortly. That I could look at it that way. But really what this ended up with was a story about me because I got to the point where I was surprised by how much I let, let that get, as if I was driving away, I was gripping the steering wheel of the car, like, and I look at it after all this time, and I still find myself being just in a position where it's so easy to allow that to to tweak me. Is that just me, Murph? Tell me, tell me that's not just me. No, uh, absolutely. Uh, and you kind of think, yeah, you, you go inward with it instead of outward to yeah. uh, kind of solve the problem. Well, listen, if you're a sales professional, the fact of the matter is that negative people are just going to show up. It's going to happen. It's a fact of your sales life that you're going to have people who are uh, sometimes a little mean, sometimes a little uh, irritated, whatever it is. Now, why they are that way, it could be any number of reasons. When we get into our conversation here shortly with Ryan Taft, we'll talk about why that happens. 
But the fact of the matter is that your reaction to that negativity is up to you. And if you're a sales professional, I would just ask you to ask answer this question to yourself right now. Will I talk to somebody this week who is negative? Now, my guess is that 100% of you said, yes, I will. This week, I will talk to somebody who is negative. Well, I'm going to suggest to you that if you know that you're going to talk to somebody who is negative, that you can plan in advance for your mental approach before you get to that moment. This is, if you've never studied Viktor Frankl, the, this whole concept that, uh, that in between stimulus and response is choice, and that choice is always ours to make. We get to decide uh, how we are going to respond to the people around us. But here's the key. If I don't respond up front, then what's going to happen? I'm going to respond in the moment. And if I respond in the moment, I will be relying on my emotion, which has now been negatively tweaked. And I end up being negative or adopting the negative energy around me. I'm going to suggest that the strongest sales thinkers in the world do not let that happen. Their positive energy is something that they develop, that they take care of, that they protect and they're just not going to go negative. And as we talked to Ryan Taft about that, and you'll you'll hear this from Ryan, for those of you who don't know him, he's one of the more positive people that you will meet. So how do you do that? How do you stay positive in a sometimes negative world? Let's see what Ryan has to say. Well, joined once again by one of the favorite people that I ever have on the podcast, because he's actually one of the favorite people in my life from the Shore Consulting team, the one and the only Mr. Ryan Taft. Ryan, how you doing, sir? I am doing fabulous. Thank you so much for having me back once again. Oh, we always have a good time. Uh, I, I assume right now you're in uh, the home office in uh, in Arizona. Is that the case? Yeah, I think that's what we call it. I mean, it's more of a, <laughs> gosh, if you ask my wife, she'd say it's more of the storage bin for the stuff she doesn't want to see in the rest of the house. But yes, I am, I am in the home office right now. <laughs> <laughs> You know, we're going to get in a little bit here about about how we stay positive, uh, sometimes having to deal with negative customers. But uh, can I just as a preamble to that, uh, Ryan, I know that, you know, for what you do, you're up in front of sales professionals all the time, a lot. And um, mm -hmm. the last I checked, the market for training professionals who were uh, dull, um, negative, stressed out, and irritating is actually fairly small. And I think that that niche has already been filled. So you have to protect <laughs> your own positive energy, even though you have to deal with a heavy travel schedule, airports, screaming babies, just the stress of being on the road. So before we get into how we stay positive as sales professionals, how does Ryan Taff uh, stay positive and, and uh, keep his head about him in, in an otherwise hectic life? You know, I don't. I just pull people aside and vent. People I don't know. I'm kidding. I'm joking. I'm totally <laughs> kidding. Uh, you know, I I I used to get upset uh, a lot easier. And I don't know if it's an age thing or if it's just, um, you know, change in mindset. Probably a combination of those. But um, what I've come to realize over the years is that um, when I stay focused on what I'm doing and why I'm doing it, all of that other stuff tends to melt away. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I've also figured out nobody really cares. Like nobody really cares if, <laughs> if I'm upset, like they're like, teach me what you know. And if you're upset, then deal with that later. So, you know, the yeah. reality of it is I've learned how to change the story in my head about what's going on around me. The, the, the screaming baby one is probably the best example. 
Mm-hmm. I remember <laughs> I was uh, catching a flight to go do uh, a, a seminar in Orlando, Florida, and I got on the plane. And the next thing you know, I mean, it's screaming babies like nobody's business. And right. I'm sitting there going, what on earth is going on? And this guy next to me goes, dude, you're on the Disney flight. What do you think right. was going to happen? Right. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my word, I can't. Yeah. Okay. So I had to figure out knowing I was going to be encountering that mm-hmm. every week of my life, basically, yeah. how to right. reframe that and change the story in my head about what was really going on. It wasn't that they were annoying me. It's that they were... You know, I, I actually learned more about what was going on with babies and their ears and so forth. And I actually gained a, a bit of empathy for it. What you're describing is that, you know, it's real Victor Frankl stuff, right? We we can't control mm-hmm. the stimulus around us, but we can always control the response, right? That's always mm-hmm. in us. And if you know that you're going to be in that, it's like that guy at the airplane who says, come on, it's the Disney flight. What do you expect? Uh, mm-hmm. That guy had prepared in advance mm-hmm. that knowing there were going to be negative situations. But if you know in advance that there are negative situations, you can decide in advance how you want to respond to those negative situations. And I think oftentimes in life, maybe it's just getting a little bit lazy, a little bit mentally lazy in mm-hmm. in thinking in advance, uh, how do I want to respond when, not if, but when I get to that moment. Yeah, I'll point out that what that gentleman did as soon as he said that to me, as he settled back into his chair and then he put on his Bose noise-canceling headphones. There was some planning. You could tell he was like, this is what I do. And, you know, whether it's you changing the story or you come prepared with certain tools or whatever it is, whatever it takes Mm -hmm. to make sure you don't get, as I like to say, you don't get damaged in the process because that trickles down to then what you're doing and who you're doing it for later. It just does. Yeah. Yeah. As this relates to salespeople, um, you know, salespeople have to deal with prospects who are oftentimes negative, even mean. And it's funny because mm-hmm. it, it still almost surprises us when that happens and we're sort of taken aback by it. But let's just get into the core of it here. Why do you believe that prospects can sometimes be negative and, and even sometimes uh, even just downright mean? Yeah. And uh, I think you're right. We do get surprised by it. Like, well, wait a minute, this isn't Disneyland. Well, people are mad at Disneyland all the time. But anyway. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> So there's a few reasons I think that people come in negative or mean. And uh, number one is is probably the easiest low-hanging fruit, and that's experience. I mean, if you've ever been a customer before and had a bad experience, especially when you're shopping for something where you need to be comparing, whether that's cars or houses or you know, uh, boats or just you're shopping around. It's not like I'm going to go in and buy this one little, you know, trinket and I'm done, but you're, you're, you're shopping you're going to run into some experiences with some salespeople that are not the best. You know, uh, you've got your slick willies and the people that use the double guns and there's manipulators and there's all types of different approaches. And I hate to say it, but uh, oftentimes the experiences are neutral to negative. They're not always that great. So when they come into your sales office or you have that sales presentation with them, usually you're meeting them after they've got some some built-up experience. So there's some expectation that this is going to be bad, and that can cause someone to come in negative or defensive at best. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah, there's a normalcy to that, right? I mean, it's just mm-hmm, these, sure. are, these are people who are already, whatever's going on in their life uh, is uh, triggering some sense of stress already. And then I carry my experiences and previous sales experiences that stress upon stress 
probably not mm-hmm. surprising then when somebody sort of turns negative on us. Yeah, my my wife, as you know, you know her well. She's uh, sure. she's arguably the most positive person I know, and uh, she she and I were going through communities uh, looking at real estate, uh, new home sales, mm-hmm. and. Uh, after about the third community, she was so disenchanted with the whole process. She didn't even want to go engage with the person. Now, for those of you listening who don't know my wife, for her not to want to look at a new home right. and yeah. to not to to not want to engage with a new person is like something that's red flag city. Yeah. And I asked her, I said, why do you not want to go do this? She goes, because it's going to be the same thing, the same lame questions. and this. So her experience already put her in sort of a, I won't say a negative, but just sort of a unenthused. So she would come in. And say hi, but she wouldn't be her normal self because of those experiences. In this case, you're talking about Melissa walking into an an office and she Mm -hmm. walks in with a little bit of a chip on her shoulder that's been trained into that. So if you're a salesperson and you are not prepared for that, then what happens? It's interesting to me uh, how salespeople get triggered so quickly by negative attitudes, even though negative attitudes are a regular part of the job. And and I wonder if part of it isn't just, you know, when you look at a sales professional, I mean, they're still human beings. You know, they still have yeah. feelings, they still have emotions, but there is that need to be able to, to trump that emotion, to trump those negative feelings uh, that oftentimes if you're not prepared for that, then what happens you adopt those negative feelings and pretty soon mm-hmm. you end up with a downward spiral. I'm sure you've seen that quite a bit. Yeah. Oh, I've not only seen it, I've done it. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, I've, I've been a part of it where I've had someone come into a sales office and they're mean and they say rude things. And, um, you know, there's a couple of things that happen is I go, you know, the average person, and this is what was true for me, I I'd go right into judgment, whether it was mm-hmm. in my own head or, you know, I'd call a neighboring salesperson or a family member and be like, you won't believe what this person just did. And, you right. know, basically spread that poison everywhere. And so we go into sure. judgment. Um, sometimes we go into self-focus. Well, what did I do? What, what, why is this person attacking me? And we make it about ourselves, mm-hmm. um, which, which is also something that I found to be uh, completely unproductive. And uh, maybe worst case scenario is uh, apathy starts to show up. So, you know, we say, we start to look at it. And the minute a customer says anything negative or throws off that tone, the trigger becomes, well, pff, if you want to buy something, let me know. And mm-hmm. we disengage right. because right. Right. we don't want to get hurt. We don't want to be around it. And uh, we were always taught, you know, like, stay away from negative people. Stay well. Right. That's great. Right. But you're not going to affect change in them if you do that. And your sales exactly. are going to be lower if you do that. Yeah. I mean, we got to find a way to lean into negative people. Mm-hmm. So what can a salesperson do in order to not get caught off guard by a negative prospect? I mean, is it really just, is it a mind over matter thing? I mean, what, what it's one thing to try to respond to somebody who's bringing you negative energy, but it's another thing when Mm -hmm. you prepare in advance. So what advice do you have for salespeople to be prepared in advance for that kind of worst case scenario? Well, I think don't have unrealistic expectations, Mm -hmm. you know, like, I almost kind of expect, like I, from a salesperson perspective, I would encourage the folks listening to think about it from the buyer perspective. Mm-hmm. What is it like to go out and go shop for your product or service? What are some of the things they've probably heard? What are some of the things that have been said to them? What are the negative experiences? And imagine that they probably have some of those things coming in. Because if you can walk in their shoes, then you start to, you start to gain some understanding for it. So if you're going to, 
if you're going to not get caught off guard, don't think everyone's going to come in thinking this is the best day. And this is the, the, the reason they're there is amazing. So for example, you're selling cars and you know, like you hear some salespeople have this line, right? They'll, you'll walk in and they'll say, great day to be buying a car. Wouldn't you agree? Mm-hmm. And that person is buying a car because their 16 year old just got into a, uh, an accident hit by a drunk driver and they're in a coma and they need a new car. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, no, it's not a great day to be buying a new car. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> so I, I yeah, think it's... taking a Pollyanna view is is naive at best. What we need to be yeah. understanding is that until you understand your customer, I, I would not assume that they're, they're going to be positive. I wouldn't I wouldn't yeah. make that assumption. You know, it's interesting. It's, a, it's such a great point. And I, I'm just thinking about how flexible, mentally flexible salespeople have to be. But it also means that if I'm a sales professional, I have to get outside myself and recognize doesn't matter how I feel or if, oh, no, my feelings got hurt. Uh, It's about the idea of what that customer experience is. And, you know, I'm just thinking back several years ago when, you know, I I lost my mother in an Alzheimer's battle and it was it's never fun to go through that. But I remember in the last last day, the last couple of days, and we were working with a hospice worker. And 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 as I was watching, I was there with my two sisters and I was watching how each of the three of us, me and my two sisters, uh, we're all dealing with this situation, a situation we've never been in before, of course. And so we're all dealing with it differently. We're we are all emotional, but each in our own way. And I had this conversation with the hospice worker about what her life was like. And she told me, she said, I've been yelled. Uh, I've been cussed at. I've been I've been uh, uh, hit. I've been spit upon. And I think, man, I mean, I had some bad days in my sales office, but nobody ever spit on me, you know, and and I, I'm like, what, what what did you do? She says, listen, should I moved on? I, it's not about me. It's like everybody grieves right. differently. And as soon as I try to put myself into that situation and account for my own feelings in that regard, there's no way I can serve these people when they're going through one of the most difficult things in my life. And that was so telling to me because I think it does speak to what happens in the world of sales. We are dealing with people who are stressed out. And as soon as I look at it and say, oh, their attitude is making me feel bad, then I've turned this completely around and said that this is really all about me. It's I I hate to accuse salespeople of being selfish, but we're not that far off from that uh, descriptor. I totally agree. And I I think if you if you can sort of reverse engineer you know, the, the stigma that salespeople tend to drink a lot. Like you'll hear that you'll even see it in movies. Like that's how they blow off steam. I think if we did exactly what you just described, which is make it so it's not about us, then you avoid some of those further problems. Cause why do people turn to substance abuse? Why do they do that? It's an escape route, right? It's a way to release stress and so on and so forth. Not to say that the job doesn't come with stress. I think if you're going to be great at it, there's going to be that. But if you adopt that stress and you internalize that and you move into judgment and you start doing all the things in a negative way, then there's an that's an input. There's got to be an output somewhere, and it's usually not in a positive way. So, sure. yeah, kudos to her. I, I think that's such a... First off, man, I just think about all the jobs I've had, and that's one that, you know, immediately I think, well, I've had it easy compared to what you yeah. just described. No, and those people are cut out of some other kind of cloth than mere mortals. Oh, yeah. there's, there's no question about it. Yeah. And any advice for how you turn a prospect around? Because, I, you know, I've, I've often said that if, if I come into a conversation uh, positive and I'm dealing with a customer who's negative, if you give it 15 minutes, somebody's going to change. Either they're coming up or I'm going down. Um, so there's almost like this game, I think, that gets played here to try and say, what is it going to take? And 
And the worst case scenario is that it's a draw where at the end of the conversation, they are still negative and I am still positive. But ultimately, uh, I find it interesting if I can get them positive that I win. But if they take me negative, nobody wins. Right. There's only one good outcome here. So what advice do you have for turning that prospect around, for trying to figure out how to take somebody who is otherwise looking negative and and bring them about into a more positive frame of mind? Uh, a couple thoughts on this one. And uh, let me just first say that uh, one of the things I learned a long time ago was actually a quote from a martial arts class I took. My buddy Tom Hargis was the teacher on it. And he said, the best way to win a, a battle is not to get in one in the beginning. Just don't get into it in the, in the first place. That's the best way to win. And, you know, I, I, I'll stand on uh, a great scripture that says, uh, it's Proverbs seventeen twenty two: a joyful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Hmm. And when I look at yeah. that, what I love about that is it tells me that, you know, keep a joyful heart. Don't, don't allow that negativity to get in. So when you say, you know, do they up to your level? Do you go down to, to theirs? Well, first off, I think that that scripture right there says, don't go down to theirs. That's, that, that's mm -hmm. not going to produce any fruit whatsoever. So one or two options is left. Either they stay negative, you stay positive, or they come up. So mm -hmm. how do you do that? First is that kind of mentality that says, serve, 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 serve. And when you're done serving, serve some more. <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. And when is too much that where they're just coming at you and they're just flat out mean? Um, I would love to say that you should never give up on people. I would love to say that. But I think that's almost a little unrealistic. I think there's a there's a fine line where uh, someone becomes abusive mm -hmm. in the process, in which case that's where that makes sense. But if they're just mean, uh, my attitude, and I know you share this, we've had m many a conversation around this, is you should get excited to go work with the mean folks. I mean, you should mm -hmm. almost go on a campaign to find them. And, and the reason why is because nobody else wants to work with these people. Everyone else is running for the hills. Um, everyone is, goes to that apathy or that complaining and judgment piece. But if you're that person, that's that safe haven to where a mean person can come in and actually get help and actually be served, you've cornered the market that no one else is talking to. The fact of the matter is that if you're a customer, if you're a prospect and you are negative and you display negative and that's how you react over and over again, what are the chances that you're going to find a salesperson who is willing to put up with you in the first place? And so the one person who does is going to stand out in a huge, huge way. That's that's just so critical. So critical. Yeah. It is. How do you how do you bounce back, Ryan? If you let's say that uh, you were dealing with somebody and man, they just tweaked you and you did everything you could, but now you got to talk to somebody else, you know. And maybe yeah. it's not just a prospect. Maybe you have a customer who had a bad experience, leg legitimately bad experience, and your company has let them down in some way, and now you're feeling like, oh man, this is this is horrible, and and you're adopting the weight of their emotion. But now a mm -hmm. new prospect comes through the door. I've got a new appointment to go talk to somebody. And I've got to hit the switch. How do you mm -hmm. hit the switch? Yeah. So um, a couple of thoughts. One is I don't, I'm not a big fan of this fake it till you make it concept where people, yeah. you know, put on, put on inauthentic um, happiness. I think mm -hmm. people can smell that from a mile away. Yeah. Uh, I think you have to have genuine authentic happiness in that moment, which means you've got to create some form of a trigger to, to put you back on track. Uh, I always like to reference movies, as you know, Jeff, and one of my favorites that uh, illustrates this is a Kevin Costner movie, hopefully his last baseball movie he's ever done, uh, called for the love of the game. 
He's a pitcher for the Detroit Tigers, and he's playing what might be his last game. Uh, by the way, this is a spoiler alert from a movie that came out like 15 years ago. But anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> and he's pitching at New- at uh, Yankee Stadium, and he's got this thing he does. Have you seen Have you seen the movie? I've not chance? seen it. No. Uh-uh. It's shocking. Okay. Um, <laughs> I say that to our listeners who, by the way, I don't think Jeff has seen the Godfather yet, but anyway, no, the uh, Godfather, yeah. I have seen the Godfather. I've seen that. It's, it's, it's uh top gun and Rocky that are still on the list of nuts. Wait, you haven't seen Rocky. No. Huh? Oh, boy. <laughs> okay. I don't we're, know how I missed it. I just um, missed it. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so <laughs> clearly, uh, so in uh, in that movie, not Rocky, but in For the Love of the Game, he's got this yeah. trigger that he does so that no matter what negativity is being yelled at him, I mean, they're in the stands yelling, you're a bum, Chapel, and they're screaming at him. He has this phrase that he's taught himself to block out all the negativity, and, it, and the phrase is, clear the mechanism. Hmm. And everything just zones that he literally everything tunes out and all he can see is the catcher's glove. That's it. Yeah. And so you can, and, and I'm sure there's a lot of salespeople on, uh, on the podcast right now listening who go, Oh yeah, that I, I do something like that. They didn't even realize it till this moment, but you have mm-hmm. to have something that puts you in that right phrase. Uh, for me, I, I had to do this pretty recently. Speaking of what happened with your mother, you know, my father passed away uh, just about right. a year ago. Mm-hmm. And, uh, he died on September 1st, 2018. I was in front of 60 salespeople on September 4th or 5th mm-hmm. right after that. And, um, you know, I mean, I think anyone in the world would have been like, yeah, okay, you can, you let's reschedule that. Ryan just had a, a, a family episode and you know, he needs some time. And I went and did the event. And not only did I do the event, I closed that event with a story about my dad and no one there would have known the difference. So how do you hold that together? How do you not fall apart? How do you not get mad or whatever it is when something happens to you? Well, we've kind of talked a bit about it, but it's reminding yourself it isn't about you. It's reminding you that you're there to serve. It's that it's that this is for the better good of everyone else. And that if it's not about me, and I truly want to serve other people's mission, not my commission, then that's my trigger. So when I got up in front of that room, what people don't know in that room is right before that happened, I have this little routine I do. I kind of shadow box a little bit and I mm-hmm. literally say the words out loud. It's not about me. And then I say, mm-hmm. let's go. Yeah. And that's my trigger. I love it. I love it. And it's just great advice for all of you who are listening right now. I'm just going to challenge you uh, just to stop and think, what do I do? What is the intentionality of what I do to make certain that I am providing the very, very best level of service for the people who are going through a really, really difficult time? You've heard from Ryan about what he does. Now the challenge is, what do you do? Ryan, always great having you on The Buyer's Mind. Thanks once again. Thank you, sir. So there you go, Murph. Uh, I had promised before the interview that Ryan is just a guy who just finds a way to stay positive. I know you know Ryan as well, and I'm guessing that your opinion is the same of mine. To know him is to like him. He is one of the most upbeat people I know, and uh, I can't imagine anything pushing him into a negative uh, thought process at all. Which is funny, Murph, because you know he does, right? You know he goes negative. You know it's going to happen. But Ryan is a master of trying to figure out how to not let any negative feeling that he has uh, um, affect other people. So even in that very, very touching story that he was uh, talking about his father and then having to go back out and give a seminar a few days later, uh, they wouldn't have known. I think that was the key to that story that Ryan told is that 
they wouldn't have known because there's something about that personality that says it doesn't mean that you're never feeling any negative yourself, but people like that have this ability to say, I'm going to shield the people who I'm serving from that. And it's really, really cool. And I think that that's really the key here to this conversation. And the key takeaway that I want you, the sales professional thinking about is that ultimately it's not about you, right? It's not about you. And when we when we put too much of our own negativity into a sales conversation, not only does it go negative, but it's fairly selfish when we think about it. And if you're having a tough time, and we all do it, right? Ryan talked about uh, about uh, the the passing of his father. I mean, I remember once a, uh, I, my dog died uh, years ago, the day before I was going to give a, a training presentation. And man, I, I love my dog. And I, I was really, really, it was hard because it, it was unexpected. It was an accident and it was unexpected and it was, it was devastating. And then I had to stand up in front of a team. And Ryan and I take that same tack. He, he said his tact in that case is so serve, 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 and then serve some more. And I did the same thing. I looked, I said, you know what, for the next several hours, I'm going to so pour my heart and life into the people in front of me right now that I won't have time to think about my own problems. And I just want to suggest you, you may have negative things that are going on in your life, but your customer has negative things that are going on in their life. And in fact, in a weird way, because you are both struggling to some extent, you might have a greater degree of empathy for what it's like to be living in some sort of emotional pain. I want to recommend to you that you channel that away from you and into your customer. That is to step into their life so thoroughly, so fully that you're there to serve and only to serve. It is the best way to be able to deal with people who otherwise have a negative attitude. Remember, people who are a little bit mean when they walk through your door, they're not mean people in general. They're not horrible individuals. They're just going through a tough time and they are stressed out and they've had some bad experiences. And when they walk through the door, they owe you nothing. So we have to look at it and recognize if I can be positive in an otherwise negative environment, if I can be positive when everyone else is negative, I'm going to stand out in a huge, huge way. And that is how I'm going to change their world. Hey, that wraps up another episode of The Buyer's Mind. If you like what you're hearing, boy, you surely want to check out our five-minute sales training every Saturday morning, a five-minute video that's, that is designed to be upbeat and inspirational and fun. And all you got to do is pop over to jeffshore.com and click on that button right on the main page to sign up for our Saturday morning free, free five-minute sales training. You will love it. Until next time, go out there and change someone's world.